Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend, Aaron the Mukes, I am Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, AJ Johnson. It's a beautiful April 11th evening here in the city. Episode 17 is about to kick off. We are covering all of the AFC West draft needs, including the Chiefs, the Chargers. This is really all the division that has been red hot all offseason long. We're going to be talking about what these teams need in the draft in just a little bit. Aaron, how goes it? It goes another week, Monday. Um, I've been watching baseball day, like AJ mentioned, pre-show. Not a lot of basketball on. Watching some NFL news and, and nugs, as they would say on the Sac City podcast, you know. Uh, I've heard those guys yeah, I'm, I'm ready, man. A great, great weekend of uh, of sports this past weekend. Um, UFC, the Masters was on, you know, but I'm ready to kind of get back into the draft talk. You know, we're 17 days away, I believe it is. And today is the AFC West. Like you said, it's been the wild, wild West all offseason. So I'm ready to, to tell people who their team has to draft. Must. Yeah, it's must draft day. It's it's must draft here. It is must draft. Uh, you know, AJ, I, I I will go to you in just a second, but actually I won't. I won't because you brought up Aaron the the weekend, and I want to start off with this and just get this and talk about this before we move on uh, to pay respects and discuss the the death, the tragic death of former quarterback or quarterback Dwayne Haskins. He uh, has passed away at the age of 24. He was struck. Uh, by a v- by a dump truck on Interstate 595 down in South Florida um, earlier on this or earlier on in this weekend, and uh, I, this was a really it came as a surprise to a lot of us. He was a very young kid, and you never know when life is going to just just leave like that. And uh, there, I know there was all the talks and everything going on about Dwayne Haskins as, as a person, and I, there really is one quote that summed it up the best from Mike Tomlin, who really hasn't even had that much time with him, but saw the true character of Dwayne Haskins. He said, quote, he quickly became part of our Steelers family upon his arrival in Pittsburgh and was one of our hardest workers, both on field and in our community. Dwayne was a great teammate, but even more so a tremendous friend to so many. I'm truly heartbroken. This is so true about who Dwayne Haskins was from, from what everyone has really said around, around the sports world. And it's very tragic uh, that we have lost such a young promising uh, person, not even just a core. Don't even call him just a quarterback. This is a person that we have now lost so early at the age of 24 Uh, gentlemen. I will let this uh, I'll give it up to you guys, Aaron, start off with you. What's your, what are your thoughts here? Uh, first of all, you mentioned shocking, like surprised. Uh, this is something you just don't expect from a 24-year-old young man, right, who's in the prime of his life, playing in the NFL, living his dream. And 
so you know waking up on i believe it was saturday just in shock of like wait, what's going on what happened and um it never i mean this is something we see in sports we see when you know celebrities or people that are in the public eye um it happens we're always shocked by it and this is a player that i mean as much negative light that was shed on him as an nfl player uh he was a first round draft pick he was he was third in the heisman voting as a sophomore in 2018 um i remember that season very vividly he threw for almost 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and eight picks with 70% completion at Ohio State. And then he had that big game in the Rose Bowl against uh, Washington um, in his final game at, at, at Ohio State. And again, you're talking about a guy that's more than just a football player, despite maybe not even being given his opportunities in the NFL after you know switching teams short into his career. I think it's just important that we remember, like I said, he has a family. He is a young man who achieved so much in his life in, in the short 24 years that we forget how we talk about these NFL players as failures or successes. These are NFL players. These are the best 1500 football players in the world, despite how they measure up against their counterparts. And, um, you know, it's sad that we have to, we have to say goodbye at such a young age and who knows uh, what he would have been able to accomplish in the right circumstances. Right. We always talk about opportunity and, and where we, where we flourish, where those opportunities may come. And he was, might, got, might have gotten a chance in Pittsburgh. Who knows what happens with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and now a chance has, you know, kind of been taken away. So very sad. Um, we're obviously mourning the loss of him. And, you know, shout out to his family and where our thoughts are prayers with him and his family and his friends and teammates. And, and obviously the Steelers, the Washington organization, as well as Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the NFL players around the league did a fantastic job of summing up for the general public the type of guy Dwayne Haskins was. Because as we know, there are NFL fans who forget the line of being an NFL fan and being a person, you know, and, and everyone can be focused for the last two or three years, the lasting memories of Dwayne Haskins in Washington. For me, my lasting memory of Dwayne Haskins in Washington is that moment when they were supposed to be on the field and he's out there taking photos with, you know, with the fans and everything. And sure, you're supposed to be on the field. I get it. But think about that moment. He's there smiling and living it up and enjoying it. And you can see the smile. You can see it being infectious. You can see that the crowd and the fandom would, would literally, they would pull to Dwayne Haskins if he was to get it together and start like being a better player as the years went along in Washington. Sadly, he wasn't given that chance. But from the moment he walked into Pittsburgh, from everything I've heard, he was trending in the right direction. He was working hard. He was he was being a team player to everybody around him. I was excited for the future. We know this guy was a player, uh, but we've recently all got to find out the type of person he was. And honestly, that makes me a lot more excited. Just being a human to get that message Saturday morning to hear that he passed away. Not only was it shocking, you immediately felt the sadness in it. Not even knowing the guy, but just knowing, like for me, two, three hours down the road, you know, this man's life has been taken away at the young age of 24. So um, condolences to his family, his friends, the NFL. Uh, they did lose a, a brother, no matter what they thought of him, how young he was in the league. Uh, he's no longer with them. But I hope the Steelers, Washington and everyone else will remember him the right way in this upcoming season. Very easy, very easy guy to root for, uh, especially later on in, in his career. And uh, we definitely send our thoughts and prayers out to all the friends and family associated with uh, Dwayne Haskins. And uh, now, if you guys don't mind, I know you guys don't mind. I don't know why I asked you that. Uh, we will take a moment of silence in honor of Dwayne Haskins. All righty. All righty, gentlemen. Now we move on to the rest of the show because the show must go on. 
And uh, we had other news that happened earlier on this weekend. Uh, it was the Baltimore Ravens, uh, fellow team in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens, have re-signed Calais Campbell. The six-time Pro Bowler is back in Baltimore on a two-year, $12.5 million deal that basically I feel like sets up Calais Campbell to retire a Baltimore Raven. This guy is a huge leader on this Ravens defense has been one of the best guy, one of the best players, one of the best human beings inside the NFL. He's one of four NFL defenders since 2000 to record at least 700 tackles and 85 sacks. This man is an absolute beast on the field and a great person off the field. This is a big move for the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like this is a great piece to bring back. AJ, what are your thoughts on the re-signing of big Calais Campbell? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, great move. I'm happy they were able to bring him back. We talked a little bit about what losing him might mean. And we, we all do remember him as one of those guys who could get to the quarterback. But even though that's still a part of his game, it's not the the sole purpose of his game anymore. He's been more of a run stopper in the last couple of seasons, not really getting the sacks or, uh, you know, the tackles for losses you expect from McClayus Campbell. But as a big veteran presence in the in the in that locker room, showing the guys who are coming up after him how to be a solid defensive player and what it means. I know he's only been in Baltimore for two years, but you can tell a guy like Clayus Campbell embodies what it means to be a defensive player on the Baltimore Ravens side. Um, so having him for another two years and the reason he comes back after contemplating retirement, just watching what the Rams are able to do with that defense, knowing they have a good defense of their own when they're healthy, uh, you know, taking those last two chances at a chip. I think that's a really good move by him. And I'm happy they were able to get him back. It allows them to focus on some other parts of the defense that they're going to need to in this draft and whatever's left in the free agency period. So about it. Yeah, I, I think this signing is about more than the production you're getting on the field. Uh, Vinny, you mentioned all the, you know, the stats and the 93 and a half sacks in his career, first team, all pros, six time pro bowler, those kind of things. But for me, his time in Arizona, Jacksonville, and now Baltimore, it's about what he brings to a locker room, his leadership ability in that locker room, the kind of infectious personality that he has. If you're familiar with Calais Campbell and you've watched interviews he's done, he is just a guy that people gravitate towards. And I think that's what the Baltimore culture is about. That's what Harbaugh is about. And I think this is just another example of them saying, hey, look, this leadership is worth, you know, six and a half million dollars a year or whatever it is, because maybe the production isn't what it used to be. But this is a guy that is respected by his peers, uh, by his teammates. He's been named to the NFL top 106 times. And we all know that's only been in existence for like the past seven, eight years. Um, the fact of the matter is he's respected in that locker room. And I think that's what this move is about. This is about a guy staying on a team that has a huge I mean, this is a, a huge existence in Baltimore's culture. It's about bringing in guys like the Ray Lewis's, the Ed Reed's, the Calais Campbell's, and they want those type of people in their locker room. And I think this is an example of that. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, and again, I love listening to his interviews and how infectious he is. And, you know, good for Baltimore. They needed help on the defensive line. So it's not the void of, hey, just a piece for the locker room. They do need help there. And, you know, he can get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, he can play on some on third downs. And, he, you know, obviously he's not going to be that that snap guy that he's used to being, but he can play sparingly, be effective when he's in there, and then obviously lead that team. So uh, good for Baltimore. Yep. It, it definitely adds to much-needed uh, defense that it really needs those edge rushers. We're going to cover the Baltimore Ravens and the rest of the AFC North next Monday, uh, live right here on the Sac City Podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Next Monday, why are you looking at me like that? Why are you looking at me like that? We've already done the North. Oh, shit, we did. Oh, 
Stupid. Hey, if you did not catch our episode covering the Baltimore Ravens draft needs, it is now available live on or on YouTube and on podcast all podcasting platforms. Whoopsies. All right, let's move on here. Uh, We are going to be covering the AFC West. I know that is correct because it's in the dock and I'm looking right at it. Uh, We're going to be covering the AFC West uh, in just a few moments. But AJ, load up those golden pipes that you have. I know it's beautiful. You just you have a voice of an angel. It's not the smoothest voice in sports casting, but it's the voice of an angel. And please tell the beautiful people at home where they can follow us at. Well, Vinny, I will bless you all with this heavenly voice to tell everybody about Sac City Pod and where you can go on your social media platforms to find them. You know, if you're a Facebooker, we appreciate it. You're an Instagrammer, we love it. If you wanted them Twitter heads, we about it. We know you're all on YouTube and we know everybody is on the TikTok trends. So head over to Sac City Pod at every single one of those social media platforms and follow at Sac City Pod. You know you got to hit those likes. You know you got to hit those loves. You know you got to share it. Sack City Pod is here every damn day. And I won't say here to stay. It's just, you know, I mean, you know, that's it's in the past. You know, we're gonna move hey, forward. <laughs> hey, I got two I got two things to say before we get into our AFC West uh talk. Proud of you. Congratulations to AJ for getting onto the TikTok grind. He made his first okay. TikTok video. Oh, this yeah. Past weekend, oh yeah. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful, yeah. and we uh, this guy, this guy is about to be TikTok famous one of these days. Uh, I also really wanted to discuss here real quick before we get into everything. Is that a is that a coconut with an FSU helmet on behind it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a football, bro. Like, what's wrong with you? It's uh, it looks like a coconut. Got me a little, me a little FSU uh, football, and uh, you still got the price tag on it. Yeah, I did. I haven't taken off yet because I just brought it in. Um, it's okay. But I'm holding the price. I don't need to know how much I'll be spending on my memorable value. But, uh, yeah, you know, I needed to, you know, I got the I got the nice little professional screen behind me, but I gotta I gotta get my my desk game up, you know. And so once I uh change studios and everything, I'm thinking about being able to put every the cameras and everything further away so we can see more of my desk. So I'm collecting uh things for the desk, things for the possible wall that may go behind me. And then I can put the green screen over said wall when I need it in the future. So you won't ever need it again. You won't ever need it again. I promise you won't ever need it again. (laughs) Um, Never. My, I, I was thinking about breaking mine out just because because mine's just folded up in a closet somewhere now. Just getting dust. Just getting dusty. I'll find a reason to use it. I'll find a reason to use it. Nope, got nope. videos that I might want to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> AJ, AJ always trying to go against the grain, always trying to be yeah. different. We try to tell yeah. him, we try to tell him what, what it is, and he always trying to tell us what it ain't. Hey, Listen, hey, I'm like hey, that squirrel in Ice Age. Everybody taking their line that way, and I'm zooming off to the other side. That's why they like always get blown up. Yeah, doesn't he get like, blown up like every every two minutes? And he still survives. I'm saying, mystical and silk and shocker. We don't die, we multiply. <laughs> Mr. Survivor, Mr. Survivor. All right, uh, let's get in. We're going to get into our AFC West. I want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat, everyone watching live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Roku TV, whichever platform you're watching or listening to us on. We appreciate you guys. If you have not seen it already, we have made our special draft day announcement where we want you 
the fans to make your pick for your team. Cause really it's all about you here in the city. We are accepting submissions now for our draft special where you can be a part of it live. Uh, all you have to do is record yourself filming a one minute video telling us who your team should be selecting with their first pick. If your team doesn't have a first round pick, it's okay. Record it anyways. Send it to us. Let us know who they should pick and why. And it will be featured live on the show during our Sack City Draft Special beginning on Thursday, April 28th. You're not going to want to miss it live at 8 p.m. Eastern time. All right. That was beautiful, Vinny. That was, that was a great job of plugging the show, but I don't think you sold it. I, for the people that weren't in our draft coverage last year, mm. you missed out. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking, we're not just talking the draft. We are literally making these picks live with you. We are interacting with you as the draft happens. It's like a big-ass watch party. We're all drinking. Well, except for Vinny because he doesn't drink. But we're drinking. We're having a good time. Um, it's it's kicked back. It's, it's, we have conversation. We watch Dylan react to, to bad picks. It, it's a lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss it. You can mute ESPN. You can turn on ESPN to watch it or whatever, but mute them. Turn on us. Well, have a good time. Stay in the chat. Not lying. It's, it's, it's so many people the, did that last year. That's the thing. We are not trying to take you away from watching the draft because obviously you have to watch the draft, but watch <laughs> it with friends. Don't watch it alone. Watch it with us in the city and everybody else. We have a great time. All of the fans come on in and watch with us. And we talk in the chat. It was, it was a great time. Bailey was in here last year. He enjoyed it. Uh, we put in a lot of time and a lot of coverage into our draft special. I believe last year we spent over 20 plus hours covering the draft live and also doing all of our uh, episodes. And it, it was a lot of fun and we're doing it again this year. So you're not going to want to miss out on Thursday, April 28th, but please submit those videos. The cutoff day, the deadline for that is April 20th sixth on tuesday so once midnight strikes on that tuesday evening uh it will be over or that wednesday evening i guess it would be uh it will be over uh please get, put, put your videos in and have some fun with us yeah. let's get to this yeah. afc west here and we start things off with the kansas city chiefs they pick at 29 and 30th after the big tyreek hill trade they need a wide receiver an edge rusher, a defensive tackle. AJ, I'll let you start things off here. Good, sir. Who do the Kansas City Chiefs need to go after? Who's a must-have player for the Kansas City Chiefs in this upcoming draft that we will be covering live? Are, are you good now? I'm trying to stall here. Okay, you're good. Got it. <laughs> I, know, I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to do something. And then you're like, yeah, you thought it. It's cool. It's great. Um, I'm here. I'm ready to go. So great. Um, this is a this is a good spot. Uh, as it sits now, the Kansas City Chiefs have back-to-back -back picks. Uh, I think there are one or two things they should do here in this spot. I think they need to go with uh, my pick, which I'll tell you in a second. Or I think they should trade out of one of these spots and move just a little bit back to get some more draft capital up front, as well as possibly taking some people early in the second round. So I do have them selecting one of these picks. Are you okay? Are you okay? I don't know, man. Hold on. I think we need to stop. I think I need to stop it here. I think I need to stop you here because I, before the show, and it's not because it's not because before everything went down, I was like, the chiefs need to trade up. And I was like, okay, well, our draft rules and the way we're doing this is we're not allowing, we're not doing trades and stuff, but I want to get into this discussion real quick on why you think you need, they need to trade down because I thought they should package both their first round picks and trade up for a cornerback. 
but you say they need okay. to trade down. So, so, okay. So I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that. What I'm operating with here as is, is that they miss out on it, that somebody beats them to the punch and then it's harder to find somebody to move up to because the target from what I'm hearing is the Los Angeles Chargers. That's, that's the trade bait spot for everyone. Apparently everyone's looking at this 17, like that's the best spot as of now, not counting somebody who may want to go up and reach for a QB. I, so I, I, I'm just operating. Go ahead. I, I, go ahead, finish. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I, I'm just. I'm not saying they shouldn't trade up. I'm not saying they can't trade up. I was operating as if they didn't have that opportunity. We got to this 29 pick where my guy is going, and at that point, if they're making that pick and still have the 30th, well, then you trade. You give it up to somebody right on the outside that may be trying to beat the Lions to get one of those quarterbacks on the back end with the with the fifth year option. So it's not that I don't think they could or should trade up. I the way I just plan it out that was the way i kind of yeah. operated and, and and to me i think that they should package their both their first round picks and maybe a late round pick a sixth or whatever to trade up with maybe a team like the washington commanders who just wasted draft capital on trading for a player like carson wentz you collect a little bit more picks you're able to build a little bit more around carson wentz after the picks you've traded for a guy like Carson Wentz and the Chiefs again draft ca- draft picks aren't important if you're a team that's right on the cusp of winning that Super Bowl so package those two picks and I originally before we were going through all this and I thought about everything I said the Chiefs should trade up for a guy like Andrew Booth the cor- the cornerback from the Clemson Tigers if Stingley and if uh, uh Sauce Gardner are gone uh, but that was just me. We're not playing that game. Aaron, you have looked confuzzled, frufuzzled, papastled, <laughs> whatever made up word I can come up with to describe your feelings right now. Well, I mean, you want to trade up. AJ wants to trade back. <laughs> but the, the Chiefs, first of all, just acquired this pick. They have eight picks in the first four rounds. This is a team that is is in need of a, a lot of pieces. It's not just, oh, we can go trade up and get a corner and we're set to go. Like, they have other needs on that defensive side of the football. I really don't see them moving up, especially all the way up to 11. I think that's going to cost that's more hard. than just that that extra first-round pick. I, I think that's a I lot. I don't know. To move up that far, if you move up that far. And is Andrew Booth really is Andrew Booth really a lockdown corner? Are we sure that he's going to be a stud in this draft? That To me, that's, that's a move that you're not making from not where they're trade. at you, right you, you sit back and wait for Andrew Booth. They moved up to 11 cool. or 12 or 10 or whatever it was to get Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Remember yeah. that, okay? Like, to move yeah. up to get Andrew Booth, who I'm not saying he's not good, but there's no sure guarantee that that guy's going to be a shutdown corner. Um, and I think when you look at their depth chart, they have a, a, a good amount of veterans there. Legereus Sneed, um, Rashad Fenton, guys that have played, and then you get a, a maybe a flyer in DeAndre Baker who – didn't work out where in his first stop. And now you can bring him in there where he did play a little bit. I don't think necessarily you have to move all the way up to 11. I think that's an extreme trading mm-hmm. back. I don't think they need to do is either because of the fact that they have so many picks already, unless you're talking about future picks. Now, if they want to get rid of one of those firsts and acquire a first, the following year or a sec early sec or a second round pick, and maybe another third round pick the following year, then maybe, but I, I kind of think KC stays pat in the first round. I don't think there's going to yeah. be a, t- a whole lot of wiggle room there. And I think there's some guys right where they're at um, that are, are some interesting names. And we'll get into some of those names uh, yeah. in the next few minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I just, well, before AJ, you... you go, before you go here, 
Uh, I want to let everyone know that these, this video is clipped on YouTube perfectly for you Chiefs fans to watch. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. Should they trade up? Should they trade back? Should they stay put? Who should they take? Uh, comment below and make sure you subscribe to this YouTube video. Lots more Chiefs content and so much more NFL content uh, throughout the Sac City pod. AJ, who do the Chiefs need to target in this draft? All right, so as I mentioned, I'm going with a DB, and we're looking at round one, pick 29. It's the Chiefs. We don't care about what they're going to do late right now. We want to hear about that that hype pick that they got. And for my hype pick, I am taking Daxton Hill out of Michigan, the safety. So this guy, uh, I heard a lot about him climbing. You know, when he started, they had him a little lower, but now I'm thinking it's almost a surefire thing that he's going to come off in the in the first round. This guy gets it. Elite speed. He can accelerate in a hurry. He's one of the best glitches I've seen from the safety and the defensive back position in this draft so far. And that's not to, you know, take away from anybody else. Just what I've seen, I've been very impressed with. He's got great ball skills. He comes in hot as a tackler, as you can see. And the best part about this is Michigan's been doing this for a while, having these safeties that kind of hybrid. You all remember the Jabril Peppers of the world, the Jordan Lewis's of the world, these guys that can do a little bit of both. And Daxon Hill is the best part of that. What I like about him to the Chiefs is whatever they figure out with Tyron Matthew, let's say Tyron Matthew ends up moving on. Well, now you got a guy who can come in at safety and no, he may not be Tyron Matthew year one, but he's a guy that you can have a lot of confidence in that he can become very, very solid and very, very good for that back end. And if Tyron Matthew does stay, he's played a lot of slot cornerback at Michigan. He's played on the outside a little bit. He can be a guy you can scheme around in that secondary. So I really like this pick for them. I think it gets them somewhere where they're not waiting till week seven and eight to be good on the back end of the defense. They can start that in the earlier part of the season and set themselves up much better uh, starting this, this year, 2022. I like that pick a lot. I, I like, I like the position pick there. I am higher on other cornerbacks than, than, than your guy, but I do like that pick. I do think cornerback is, is the pick or defense is the pick for the chiefs at 20 at, at 30 and 29, I will go next here, real quick. Aaron, are you are you uh, are I, you chopping up the bit there? Oh, I hate the pick. I, first of all, the only thing that I I will say there's one good thing I like about the the pick is he fits the scheme of Steve Spagnola because he's a basically a cover one type guy, a cover three type guy. He's going to play man. He's really really tough in man. But this is a guy that he's to me he's smaller. He's not going to be really good around the line of scrimmage, even with his tough and he I mean you mentioned like his willingness to get in there and tackle and blitz and he's really really good at it but the NFL you're playing against bigger dudes and this guy's just not big enough for me to play him around the line of scrimmage which means you're playing him in the back end who you just got Justin Reed who's really good on the back end so I'm not really sure they fit well together um and then you still have a um their their current other safety right now in Juan Thornhill who has played in that system and has some experience there I, I don't love the player i like the position but i don't love the player and his fit just with again how small he is um i worry about that size and what he's going to be asked to do on that defense because if he's taking over that tyron matthew play around the line of scrimmage and be all over the field type role he has the toughness i don't know if his if he can withstand the physicality of, of that style of so I, yeah, i'm not I, in love with with that part of it right i mean and we're I, i'm I would imagine that any of these guys coming in at six foot 191 plans on packing on as many pounds as they can before the draft. What he's one of those guys to me though, that has been small his entire life and has been able to find a way to succeed. 
So, like, the way that he comes downhill, the speed, the aggressiveness, the, his technical, his tech, his technique when he tackles, the fact he doesn't let people slip out, those are the things that I think will allow him to still be small and still make plays. I don't think he's going to be the best guy out of this draft from this position or anything, or at least like not I'd much rather have, knows in year three or four. I'd much rather have Lewis, Lewis seen here. Like, then, yeah. well, he's sick, then, then he's, a Daxton Hill. And and to be honest, I think that I think you're going to start to. I think a lot of these safeties end up falling. I I have Daxton Hill right now going at the beginning of the third round. Like that's how that's how wow. far down. And I know he was a slow starter. I know he started like in the mid third round, and he's been moving up boards um, because all the measurements and things like that happen. Right, we start to to get to know these players more. But he's still at the beginning of the third round for me. I, I like it. I like his speed. I, he's very aware. He's rangy. And again, I like his toughness. I worry about his size. And in the NFL, I worry about these teams saying, ah, he's too small that we don't, we're not sure enough. And that he continues to drop. And you see somebody in the third round get a steal because of, be of, of a player like that. that that's I'd again, that's my take right now. Um, but, but again, he, he has, he has the ability, right? He has the ability. I just worry about that size. Yeah. My, my yeah, player I, I, friend, by the way, is MJ Stewart, uh, who, uh, was picked by North or out of North Carolina. He was picked in the second round. Um, similar build. He's played with the Browns the past couple of years. He's been okay, but hasn't kind of latched on. Um, I think he can be better than that, but I do worry about the size, especially in the NFL with, with, with how physical. Yeah, I like the I like the cornerback pick. I would have went with what what our boy our boy kneecap kneecap uh, kneecap Jeremy B over here in the chat oh. said. <laughs> I, I I'm I am loving the tape more and more that I see of of Kieran Elon the the, the cornerback from Florida. I think he does drop to that spot. I would rather him at twenty nine, but at thirty, I will take. <laughs> I will take the guy that we talked a lot about on Friday's show. And if you missed it, please head on over to YouTube or any podcasting platform. It is there. We ranked the top 10 edge rushers in this draft. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs desperately need to address their pass rush and take this man, David Ojabo, from Michigan. This guy, we talk about him potentially falling in this draft. Well, if you're Kansas City, do not let this man fall. He could still play during the season. And we've already talked a whole lot about what Ojabo brings. He obviously is a very athletic defensive end, 11 sacks at Michigan uh, this past season. He brings speed, intensity. He's great. But Kansas City desperately needs a pass rush. You're, you might be losing Melvin Ingram. They haven't re-signed him. Who knows if he's coming back or not. You ranked 30th in the NFL last season in sacks. This is a team that desperately needs a pass rush. Sorry, 29th in the league last year in sacks. This team desperately needs a pass rush. So they need to go out and get it. You got the extra picks now for, for what you traded up for Tyree kill for now go get your pass rush because you are going up against a team a, 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 in a division where you look everywhere else. I would say Kansas city has the worst pass rush out of all the teams in the AFC AFC West right there with Denver. I would say both Denver and Kansas city might be jostling for position for the worst pass rush in the AFC West, right? That's fair. Go get you a David Ojabo. Fix that problem. What? My my only worry is you're you're not technically fixing that problem. And if they're as bad as you say, why would they not attack that now? I get how good David Ojabo is going to be, but can they really, if they need it that bad, can they really afford to wait on that when they can get other positions that can help them at this point in time? We we said it on Friday, David Ojabo is going to be elite. 
But if you need edge rush that bad, are you going to get a guy that might make it back in time for the playoffs or that you can't use till next year? Or are you going to get a defensive back or something that can help you day one? Well, his earliest that he can come back is six. They, they say he's six months is the earliest that that man can come back. So, I mean, it's not, it's not crazy that, I love to say the that pick. he's going to, I love the pick. I think if, if every team in the first round passes on David Ojabo, they made a move. I, 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 I'm going to keep saying it. This dude is diverse in his pass rush and he's so raw still. Like he is just right now, go on the field and say, go get the quarterback. Um, he's only played 20 games. Obviously that's a concern for most people, right? Is the lack of experience. Um, and then against the run, he still has some play recognition issues type stuff, but 11 sacks last year, five and a half forced fumbles and only a one year starter. He tore his Achilles. So everybody's worried about that injury. Again, I just saw what Cam Akers did. If I'm Kansas City, I look at him and I say, this is a perfect time to get a pass rusher that I believe should have been top 10. I believe he should be top 10 in this draft and you can get him and you're Kansas City. So you're probably going to win enough games. You probably don't need him to step in week one and say, go do something. You can wait until middle of the season, start him out on the PUP list and then say, okay, come in. And all you have to do, I'm asking you to do one job your rookie year. Just go get the quarterback. Right. We'll put you in on third downs. You don't have to play a whole lot. But this is to me, I, I love I love this. This this is who I and, almost went, but I decided. And just and just for for Chiefs fans to feel OK with this pick, if everyone's might be hating me for it. This man had a higher pass rush win percentage than Jermaine Johnson, who is arguably someone who's going to be picked in the middle middle of the first round. And. Trayvon Walker, who is now being talked about as the number one overall pick. So David Ojabo has a had last year had a better win percentage on pass rushing than a first, the first overall pick potentially, and someone who's going to be roughly in the in the teens. So if There's you can many get people them, that say he's going to be better than Aiden Hutchinson, just pure yeah. pass rushing, not as mm-hmm. an overall player, but as a pass rush. This so, I'll tell you right now. Um, you know, I love to do pa- player comps. You asked me the other day who my player comp was for him, and I didn't have an answer because I hadn't really thought about it. Robert Quinn. And Robert Quinn can get to the quarterback. Robert Quinn's not great against the run. Robert Quinn is not somebody you look at as like, oh, this is like a, a guy that is known as being some Hall of Famer. But you go look at Robert Quinn's pass rush and his production as a pass rusher, it is elite. And I think that's the kind of player that you're going to get from David Ojabo. You can't let him fall. If you're the Chiefs, you cannot let him fall. But Aaron, I'm with you. Uh, McShay you... has him. McShay has him right now in the second round. I don't agree, but it was just yeah, something yeah. I noted today. That's, when that, I was that, around. And that's, that's what very I'm fair saying for those teams are worried about that injury, right? Because that's that's what it is. But you, that speaks to how good he is. That mm-hmm. you're still projected in the second round, and you tore your Achilles. Like you know what I mean? That's the reason you fall that far. And I, I like I said, at Kansas City with two picks in the first round. Why not? Why not go get him now? Yep. Still have another pick, the very next pick. Yep, yep. And where where would you have the Chiefs going, Aaron? Um, so I, I didn't address the first round. I let you guys kind of take over for the first round. I'm more of a, I want to do a later round guy. I want to talk about a guy in round two who comes from your school. Yeah, whatever. Roll Tide. Uh, roll tide. Um, for me, it's Christian Harris, linebacker out of Alabama. Again, Christian Harris, you're talking about a guy six foot two twenty six with speed, can play tight to the defensive line, and he doesn't get caught up in those big offensive lineman blocks. He knows how to use his length and physicality to get off of them. Um, he plays too high at times. He's a little bit he's a little bit high, so pe- guys can get to him. But he struggles against pulling linemen. 
So this is a guy you want to get in space, right? A guy with 80 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss. He knows how to get through the line of scrimmage. And when he's in space, he can do damage. So you let him be free. You get some defensive linemen that are big in front of him, like a Chris Jones, and who takes up two or three blockers. And this guy is going to come downhill, and he's going to make tackles, and he's going to feel comfortable doing it. Um, I like Christian Harris a lot. As AJ spoke to about, um, about Hill moving up, I think this is another guy that's moving up on, on guys' boards. And I, I really like what I see from him. I think Kansas City needs help at the linebacker position. Talking about they lost Anthony Hitchens. They're, there's nobody. They're, they're, they're Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. And that's it. <laughs> you look beyond that, there's really nobody. I um, mean, we saw the impact Nick Bolton had. If you can line this guy up with a Nick Bolton, that could be huge. So, um, yeah, give me some, uh, give me some Christian Harris. Yeah, I like, I like that pick. I like, uh, obviously, well, well, you know how I like Christian Harris. So. I, I liked, I liked, but, I liked him to compare him to um, DeAndre Levy. I don't know if you guys remember DeAndre Levy out of Wisconsin, played for Detroit for like eight seasons. He, he's that type of player with much more upside. Really you good deep. I told you from I like good player stock comp. to good stock, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. That's that's the big thing from a good school to a good NFL team. They could do wonders for him. So I'm, I'm a fan. Not, I think not, that there is something that we have to talk about here, though, before we move on to our next team about the Chiefs. In order, I, I, I specifically did this in our doc that AJ had the 29th pick and I was OK with that and then moved to the 30th pick with Ojabo. And then you took a linebacker with that second round pick. None of us, if we, if the chiefs were to do what we just did, they did not take a wide receiver with their first three picks. And now chiefs fans might be questioning this. What would you say well, to went that? Round, oh, you did. No, he went round. second round. Aaron went wow. second round. So first three picks, no wide receiver after trading Tyree kill and getting a bunch of picks. What do you have to say about that? Aaron? Or, okay. Okay. Just a, who cares? Okay. I mean, who cares? Like, you signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You signed Juju Smith-Schuster. You're, ret- you're returning a Nicole Hardman, and you have Travis Kelsey. I, I mean, that's and, like... And? And you have Patrick Mahomes throwing those guys the ball, so well, that automatically yeah, I'm just, upgrades I'm just everybody. I'm talking about the position. The fact yeah. of the matter is, is they can still take a flyer on a receiver late. Like I mentioned, they have eight picks in the first four, four rounds. So third, fourth round, there's some other guys they might be yeah. able to... In there. But if deep. you're not getting one of the top five guys the wide, in the wide receiver position anyways, there is a bit of a drop-off. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think any of those guys, the top five, are going to be available when Kansas City comes to pick at 28 and 20, or 29 and 30. I don't. You know. I think those receivers are going to go early, and then you have kind of a drop-off. So I think there's time for them. Um, I, I don't think Kansas City is a team that needs that. Like, yeah, I, I think I Patrick either. Mahomes will make them be whatever so. he needs them to be. So I, I've heard a lot about Christian Watson here, and he's climbing up boards and whatnot. I don't need to go into that. But if you remember when we were talking about setting the dock up and everything, I told Aaron to wait on my Kansas City. I was still going in. I had Sky Moore here out of Western Michigan at first. He's another guy that's been climbing up, and people are liking what he's doing. And when I'm just sitting there watching him, not that he's a bad receiver. He's probably going to make some team in the second round really happy. I just didn't really feel like in the first round that there was a need for them to go grab a wide receiver because – Marquez Valdez-Scaling had uh, Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was married to Devontae Adams. It was very hard for him to look away from him, and even when he did, it was Alan Lazard. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, when he's not injured, he's a good receiver. Say what you want about the guy mentally, uh, maturity-wise, he's a good receiver. 
Um, and then we know that they love Miko Harmon, and he just needed some opportunity. Maybe now him being in that speedster slot role will give him a couple more opportunities. So I think they can wait. They may take one of those picks in the second round for a wide receiver, but I don't think it's something they have to address in the first round. I agree. I agree. So there you go, Chiefs fans. There's the players that you, the fans, the Chiefs, should be going after in this draft. Let's move on to the team that lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in the uh, in the beginning of the playoffs this past year. The Las Vegas Raiders, they need offensive line, linebacker, a defensive tackle. They went out and acquired Devontae Adams, gave up a whole lot for Devontae Adams, and they their first pick falls with the pick number 86. Aaron, I'll let you start this one off. Oh, oh, wasn't ready. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. That's, I thought everyone. You made me move. You... See what? All right. So, so to me, we we we've talked a lot, obviously a lot about the Raiders this off season, um, the things they need to do. I think I know why you made me go first because you really like this pick here. Um, I honestly we... forgot who your pick was. To be completely honest. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, I see it. I see yeah. it. All right, let's go. Yeah. CP3. Exactly. So. Um, obviously the Raiders don't have any picks hot really high because of the trading for Devonte Adams. They gave up a lot, but we saw what they did in signing Chandler Jones. They could use some DB help. We've talked about that. Um, I went on the other side of the ball. I went on the offensive line. We talked about them getting rid of their offensive alignment all of last year. I think they can use some additional depth there. We saw first round pick and Alex Leatherwood not play very well. Um, he's going to have another year under his belt. Maybe they can bring somebody in that can help them um, add some depth to that. This is that type of pick. It's a depth pick fourth round kind of type of guy for me. I went pick 126 and I went with Chris Paul. Yep, that's right. Chris Paul out of Tulsa. Again, he's kind of a developmental player. He's going to be the guy that's going to come in, probably play a few different positions on the offensive line. Um, He had 10 starts at right tackle, but he can also play guard. He had 20 starts at guard. So you can move him as a backup on guys that get injured, bring them in, get him some experience. He's crafty. He has some unique technique. And he's best in pass protection, which obviously you want to keep Derek Carr upright so he can throw to Devontae Adams. Um, obviously, he's got some, he's raw. He's slow to the second level in the run game. So a, a Josh Jacobs might be impacted when a player like that has to come in on the field. And he has some, um, some weaknesses around his lateral quickness. But this is a guy who you can develop, hopefully have just be a backup, fill in behind somebody. And again, you're talking fourth round picks. So not all of them come in and start right away. This is a guy that can play as a backup and uh, hopefully develop into a, a good young player. I like the name Jamin Brown um, out of Louisville who played with the Rams or was drafted by the Rams, played six seasons and had about 48 starts. Uh, very similar build, very similar um, technique and skill set as a Chris Paul. And I'm not talking about the Phoenix. You already know I love that pick. You already know that I love that pick just because you had CP3. So that's that's what I, I just want to let that be known. I don't hate that pick. But I have I have them going a different way. And this is a player I think is going to be a sleeper pick uh, throughout this draft. It's Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. Now, this is a guy that I'm sure not many people have heard. And this is kind of what happens when we get deeper into the drafts. But this kid was phenomenal at Tulsa. Scouts are saying that this is one of the safer picks in the middle rounds. And that's that's huge to me to be able to get a solid player in round three that can be a, an already ready player to step into your lineup. Uh, he led the nation in what PFF calls big time blocks. Yes, I don't subscribe to PFF, but I found that stat. This is a guy who dominated at Tulsa. He only allowed two sacks last season and no sacks in 2020 on 355 pass blocks. This guy's the youngest, one of the younger players of this draft. He can play guard. 
He can play tackle. He can play wherever you want. You can develop him. And like you said, it brought up with Alex Leatherwood, the, the development is there for a guy like Tyler Smith. And it's exactly what the Las Vegas Raiders need. They need to go after the offensive line. They need to make those picks. They need to, they need to protect Derek Carr and give themselves a good chance to make a run here in the AFC West. I like it. If he lasts that long, I think he goes in the second round. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think the talks around him are getting stronger and stronger because of his age, because of how young he is. Again, you mentioned being one of the youngest in the draft, um, being only 21 years old. That's huge, right? I mean, that's somebody that could be a cornerstone tackle if he develops right or or a guard um, for a long time. You're talking 10 plus seasons. So I think he ends up going in the second round. He is a tone setter. He is an aggressive mauler. He loves to explode into contact. I, I really, really like the pick. If he lasts that long, the Raiders are getting a steal. Yep. Agreed. The, the one worry, he, he did have a lot of penalties, but he's that's young, the, right? That's, so. that's what I saw. That's what I saw it was like his biggest flaw. And I was like, okay, he's, he's young. The, the, hopefully that's so that, and that's something you can fix. That's, that's coaching right there. You can coach that. So that's, that's what coach, I mean, that's what everyone looks for. It's not, it's not common. So it's not uncommon to to hear that that's what you can mold players into so tyler smith i I like him a lot the kid out of tulsa he can play tackle he can play guard he should be a las vegas raider so uh (laughs) my pick was done a little differently for a couple different reasons you know this is a big wide draft prospect and process and uh i i wanted to go a little different i've had so many offensive linemen and it's just I got bored. I wanted to see something. I wanted to see some activities. I figured you guys would do me right and handle this. Uh, so I went on the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders. Uh, I took round three, pick 86, and I've got the linebacker Jojo Daman out of Nebraska. This guy pops off the film. I have thoroughly enjoyed watching him. I think I've done a little bit more research on him than I've done most guys in this whole process so far. Um, he's a little older, so the maturity thing, being a defensive player and a guy who's probably going to be a signal caller for you at, at times is a good thing for me. Uh, but you can scheme around him. He can play in the defensive back zone. He can play up on the line. He can play in the middle, and he's got great IQ. I'm hoping to see you playing here. If not, it's cool. I'll break it down for you guys. Another good thing I like is he actually has pretty good speed for his size, and he gets to the backfield as well as a guy I was talking about, Daxon Hill. I watched this man save three or four or five different plays coming off the weak side pursuit that if they got off to that edge, it was a guaranteed touchdown. And because of the way he pursues, he was able to stop it down. The play that I wanted to bring up, there was this play I want to say was Ohio State. I do not remember team was not a big deal. Anyways, uh, chases a guy on the pursuit, like I mentioned, from the weak side all the way to the sideline. A guy makes a beautiful catch, waits till he secures it. He gets his hand in and around, drops the ball down to the ground, gets him out. His team starts celebrating. He's on the sideline with the tackle and coaching. Like, yo, the ball's still loose. Didn't go out of bounds. Go get that ball. He's he's one of those leadership-type guys. And I think with Max Crosby in front of him and what they're working on in that back end with uh, Abrams and things of that nature, I think he'd be a solid fit and uh, would, would work right on day one, even in round three if he lasts, if he lasts that long. JoJo DeMond out of Nebraska. I'm going to let AJ slide on this one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, tell me, <laughs> give me your feels. Give me your feels. Like, I, I like to, because as you know, I'm coming out with my I, mind. I don't I to know how everyone I, feels I about it. I mean, I, maybe I'm off. I don't know. I, maybe I haven't, I, maybe I haven't seen enough of them, but I, I am not a huge fan of, of maybe it's the size thing again. He's very undersized for, <laughs> of the linebacker position. And 
I watch these kids in college, men, young men in college, and then I always think about the size of a player and how that's going to translate against like offensive linemen. I worry about that. I don't think he plays very well in the box. So when you talked about his ability to get sideline to sideline, I agree with you. I worry about him being able to line up in the linebacker position and take on that guard, come into the second level and fight that guard off to make tackles. And I think that's what's going to keep him from getting on the football field at the next level. Could you bring him down in nickel packages and tell him, hey, go run down some of these backs out of the backfield? Yeah, perhaps, because you did mention the fact that he does have a little bit of speed. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's a really good zone cover linebacker. Yeah, I'd say he's he got reminds good ball me. As well. He reminds me of. He reminds me of a Malcolm Smith, or even more recently, a Jabril Cox with LSU was one of the better pass linebackers. But he also went really, really late in a draft because of those reasons why not being able to get to to ball carriers and fight off those offensive linemen. Um, when you start talking about third round, fourth round, fifth round guys, this is what we're talking about. We're splitting hairs, right? We're we're trying to find what's going to translate, what's not. Are we going to hit? Probably not, right? We, we're really unsure. These things, we don't know if they translate. Um, I had him, I have him way down. Like, I have him falling yeah. to the sixth round because of, because of that. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. I have seen things I've seen from anywhere from the late third to the sixth on different yeah. coverages, right? So these are different people evaluating them. That's based on how I evaluate him. And I didn't watch a whole lot of, you know, obviously of his games, but um, from the stuff that I have watched, I just I think the size bothers me. Yeah, Aaron had some hard guys. feelings about. Ball, you know? <laughs> Aaron had some hard feelings about the state of Nebraska. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, uh, it, uh, might, it, uh, it might. It might. It might be because of that. That's what it is. But you, you mentioned the fact that you, you would have known this guy. You you, you mentioned you mentioned that you, you haven't fallen all the way down to the sixth round. I want to remind everybody that draft week we are going to have Aaron's special seven round mock draft that's going to be released all throughout uh, draft week. So be tuned in and locked into our social medias for that. Let's move AJ's on to the last argument. Angels. AJ's argument might have moved a buck. Fantastic. Move to the fifth. Fantastic. The Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> are going to be the next team that we move on to. It's going to be the offensive. They're going, they're, they need offensive tackle. They need a linebacker. They need a tight end. They've got the 17th pick in the first round. Uh, I don't believe that this lists their third round pick here. Oh, no, it does not. No, no it oh, yeah. does. 17, 79, and so on and so forth. They do not have a second round pick is what I was really. Oh, I'm an idiot. Math is hard. Chargers <laughs> here. Uh, Aaron, you can kick things off here to hopefully save my stupidity. Um, I don't think you're stupid, but, but <laughs> I don't think <laughs> right. um, my, mine. I thought this was pretty easy and this, this might go against everything I just argued, which sucks <laughs> because, but I mean, there obviously is reasons and I'm sure, you know, you guys will agree with some of them, but I'm going linebacker here for the chargers. We talked about the needs on defense. They've addressed the defensive tackle position. They've addressed the um, edge rushing position during free agency. I think here you go get a linebacker, and I think you get one of the best linebackers in the draft, perhaps the best. Who knows? There's, you know, Devin Lloyd, but there's this guy, and it's N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. N'Kobe Dean, we have talked over and over about that Georgia defense and what they bring, and this is a – not only is he smaller than what I usually like, but this is the guy who's so versatile – He's a leader. He he pops off the screen. He's really good in space. He's explosive. To me, the weakness of having that smaller frame, when you look at him, you say, okay, this is the guy that just has it. Can't explain it. Don't know why he's good. But when he play, when he steps on the football field, he makes a difference. Um, 
he is his instincts are second to none and his leadership ability what he was able to do to help with that leadership in that Georgia locker room on the defensive side of the football listening to the way the players talk about what he brings um you can't replicate that and in the NFL that guy that mans the middle that guy that's on calling the calling the shots on defense calling the formations out calling the plays you need a guy like that to me this is going to be one of those undersized guys that fits in a scheme and just make things happen. And he's a good four, three weak side linebacker. And I think uh, Nicobe Dean would fit well with the Chargers and what they're trying to build on that defensive side of the football. You've been pumping my tires all night for my first two picks being good. This is a slam dunk pick here, right here. I, uh, we, we talked before the show. We said that it's, we're okay with picking the same person in your, in the, in the draft. If we want to, this is a slam dunk. I'm not necessarily picking the same person because I think they can go another way, but in this Nicobe Dean is, is one of the best defensive players in this draft. I remember covering the Florida Georgia game with all of us. And I remember hearing you specifically Aaron say that this guy is the bet could be the best defensive player uh, in this upcoming draft because he is that damn good. I went the opposite way. I went on the offensive line side of things because one of the most important positions is the quarterback position. And how do you predict that the offensive line? I think the Los Angeles chargers with their first round pick need to go Kenyon green, the offensive tackle from Texas A&M. This guy right here can do it all. Again, this is a theme for me, offensive lineman that can do both guard tackle this guy played at least played on the left side right side all year long for texas a&m hey there's a running back in this draft isaiah spiller he's supposed to go really high well one of the reasons why isaiah spiller did so well at texas a&m is because of what Kenyon green did into at texas a&m he's an all-american scouts say this guy just gets the job done he's great at adjusting he's great at adapting there's plays where i've seen Kenyon green just take guys all the way downfield, just carry a block all the way. He's consistent. He's solid. He holds down the blocks, get your protection for Justin Herbert, Los Angeles, and get you a Kenyon green at 17. Oh, you are on mute, sir. He is on mute. That is a minus big time. Minus. Big minus. Yeah. Let me go for a while. We normally catch it right away. Y'all got me seven words in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that pick. Uh, a lot of talk about Kenyon Green. I'm excited to see where he ends up falling. Uh, I also went with the lineman. I also went with uh, a lineman who's not maybe as greatly known, but uh, he's going to be. Uh, I went with Louisiana Lafayette's Max Mitchell. Max Mitchell. PFF has this guy rated as the 13th top tackle in this draft, yet he was the highest rated tackle in all of football last year. Uh, I think some of the cons that they have on this guy is that he played in low-level competition. Uh, but let's be honest, they went 13-1 in that low-level competition in one of the biggest games against Texas last year. They gave him 47 pressures. He allowed one. He allowed one playing right tackle and left tackle against Texas. So against a power five, he showed up uh, on the box. This guy only had 13 pressures and 430 uh, pass blocking attempts. He's got great hands. He's got great balance, great technique, great flexibility. He understands what he needs to do as a pass, a pass block on either side. A little small, uh, you know, only coming at 300 on that on that uh, tackle side. So he's going to need to butt up a couple weight and he's going to need to get his physicality up. But other than that, this is one of those guys that I think may keep sliding up. And if you are getting him somewhere in the third round, you are going to be a very, 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 very happy person. So I'm with Max Mitchell, Louisiana Lafayette in the third round, pick 79. 
I'm okay with that pick because it, I I I almost want to change my pick to just Nicobe Dean at, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Like that's <laughs> that's the dunk pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's cover the last team here in the AFC West. It's the Denver Broncos. They need a linebacker or corner, an offensive lineman. Their first pick comes at pick 64 after acquiring Russell Wilson. They pick 64, 75, 96, so on and so forth. Aaron, please start us off here for the Denver Broncos catch me off guard um to me for for the denver broncos we've there's so many things i still think they need but we love what those offensive weapons are we love the russell wilson edition we know they got Cortland sutton and jerry judy so i wanted to go on the other side they went defensive back last year early um obviously getting patrick sertan i, I think this year they're they're gonna focus again on that back end for me it's it's in the second round and it's alabama once again and it's mr josh job that's right Josh Job, um, this this guy is rangy. He can play in multiple schemes. I really like what what he brings to the table. I'm talking about a guy who's physical. He has good body control. He's very handsy with receivers. He likes to get in people's faces. Um, he has really he has great recovery speed and he's aggressive. Um, if you're trying to play him against these twitchier wide receivers, they might get him. Don't put him on Tyreek Hill, guys like that, because sometimes his, he gets really aggressive. He bites on first moves and he could be over overly aggressive. But I really like what he brings to the table. When you play in an Alabama defense, obviously you have a head coach that preaches defense, that knows how to translate to the NFL. Um, two interceptions last year, four pass breakups. Again, I think he can be a guy, can come in and be a solid contributor. He's guy. He's a boundary guy. You're not going to bring him in on the slot. He's going to get beat. Press cover or press man cover one, stuff like that. Um, again, my player comp, I'll give you my player comp. Uh, PJ Williams for the Saints, who's, you know, he's struggled to, to be an elite guy, but he's been on the saints for a while. He plays, he's a solid contributor. He started 31 games for them out of 78. He's played. That's the kind of guy I think you're going to get with Josh Job, And I think you can get that. Second. I think you're just secretly an Alabama fan is what we're coming. What it's coming down to. That's the second Alabama <laughs> player you've picked in the FC West. So uh, I'll go with that. My guy comes to the second round of pick 64. It's Leo Chanel, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. This guy is one of the, this guy, like I hear everyone saying that it's a sleeper pick, but at what point do sleeper picks not become a sleeper pick? If everyone's talking about them, that's what Leo Chanel is doing from, from uh, Wisconsin. He's an athletically gifted linebacker. He's not great at covering, but he can get off blocks. Great. He's got lots of potential. He has the third most pressures from the linebacker position in the big 10 since 2020. Again, he's the sleeper darling of everybody. His he's athletically gifted. I see. I don't want to say the Micah Parsons comment because I don't want to compare every linebacker athletic linebacker to Micah Parsons, but he's got that ability just to be quick off the edge. He's able to sack the quarterback. He's able to get there, be a run stopper coverage. Not so great. You're picking them in the, in the, in the second round, third round type of guy right there. Denver desperately needs linebackers. Go get you a Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin. Like the defensive prowess from both of you guys, uh, I, as I told you earlier, I was on that offensive line kick. So that's how we're going to finish out here. And who are we talking about? Denver did great by grabbing Russell Wilson, getting a quarterback finally. But what was Russell Wilson's biggest deal in Seattle? There was no offensive line. And I think that they want to address that. I didn't do it right up front. I didn't get the first thing. But coming in on the back end of the third round, pick 96, uh, I'm going with Ed Ingram out of LSU. Now, Ed Ingram, uh, the guard, he's a big, powerful guy. They used to call him big nasty for things like that. Just goes and loves to put his hands on people and get really physical. Now, the, the reason that I have him in the third round is because in 2021, he was a little inconsistent. 
Um, it took a lot of plays off here and there. And I'm starting to just realize a lot of the players that were on this 2021 team and else just kind of checked out. I don't know if it was because of Coach Ed O. I don't know if it's because so many of them were on that 2019 record-breaking team, and now they come down here to 2021 and nobody's really got it. There's not as much talent. you know. So they took a lot of plays off, and a lot of players were questioned about the way they finished it out. Um, but when you get him in there, I do believe that Ed Ingram has the ability, the power, the strength to not be a day one starter, but be a great developmental project and fit in on one of those lines, especially those lines that end up doing all that patchwork where they have to bring in guys just because of the injuries. He's not going to hurt you as much as he'll help you, but he's not going to be a solid all around ready to go day one type guy. Uh, but once you get him there, you'll be very happy with that Ingram from LSU. There you go. I like that one, AJ. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know, but you know I always got to give my one concern. We never know about. Um, He's small. There were some, uh, there were some off the field concerns with him. Yep. There was a, a sexual assault allegation back in 2019. You never know how that's going to affect somebody's draft stock. So uh, just kind of keep an eye out for that. But if he continues to fall, like you said, third, fourth, fifth round, uh, you can get a player that could end up, you know, being a, a contributor. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're bringing here to you guys, the fans at the Sac City Podcast. We are giving you deep coverage, okay? We're going deep. First round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh. Shit, we could get a seventh round pick in here. I want to see one of you guys. That's the next challenge. Give me a seventh round pick for some, for one of these remaining teams that we have to cover, Wednesday's okay? going to be all seventh rounders. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right. That does it for our AFC West draft coverage. We are going to be covering the NFC. See North on Wednesday, the Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Belly Up Sports TV. For Aaron the Mukes, I am Mukes. And for your boy, AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you Wednesday. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And 